Yo, bad. That shit crazy. On a Friday night, it's all leaving. Your boy's here. Another live stream. We are not all in studio. Silent Assassin is not here. Claw's not here. Fang's not here. There's nobody here but me. But the show must go on. Lots to get into. Super Bowl reaction. I'm very, 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 very happy about that. I'm going to talk about the Kansas City shooting, unfortunately. Jimmy Garoppolo getting suspended. I didn't even know he was like that, but we're going to talk about that. Russell Wilson putting his house on the market because he don't know where he's playing football. We're going to talk about that. Um, What else we got here? NBA stuff, obviously. All-Star Weekend is here. I'm not really going to cover... Uh, the celebrity game that happened, you know, shouts to Michael Parsons for being the MVP, but it stops there. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are a mess, and there's only one person to blame. PJ Tucker. Talk a little about, bit about that because it's the Clippers, and I like to need of the Clippers. Uh, Clay Thompson, he's benched. Golden State is trying to figure it out. It looks like they've kind of figured out a winning formula over there. Um, active players in their podcast. I definitely have something to say about that. Um, some baseball stuff. Um, irrelevant news of the week. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. Before we get into anything, um, let's talk about the shooting um there's not much that i can be able to say there's not much i'm going to be able to bring to an argument that people have talked about um at nauseum and rightfully so you know one person lost their life uh, many others injured and we're talking about children the person that lost their life was, you know, she was a woman. She was a mother. Um, we can talk about gun violence. We can talk about um, putting these laws in place to be able to restrict certain things. We can talk about family training or parent training or people need to be better parents and aware of what their kids are doing. All of these things have been spoken about at nauseum over the years fact of the matter is is this we as a country tend to move on very very quickly when certain things happen school shootings are a national pastime for us let's just keep it honest let's just be honest and when they happen it's the same type of template cycle that happens event happens there's panic there's outrage there's frustration there's anger and then a few weeks pass and then there's nothing 
until the next one. And the cycle just continues to reset itself. At some point, something has to change. Not the behavior, not the outrage, but maybe that period of we just move on with our lives, maybe that needs to change. How about continuing to protest? And I'm not saying that people don't. I just believe that I always see that there's this moving on period that everybody does. I don't have the answers. I don't think everybody does. But I think the fact that we see kids being comfortable shooting up a crowd, going to a school and doing this, there has to be some type of regulation. You got gun owners, people that love it. Oh, well, guns don't kill people. Stupid. No, it's the guns. Kids pick up guns all the time in houses and pull triggers. It's the guns, because if the guns weren't loaded, they don't harm people. Bullets, guns, the ability to be able to do so collectively is the problem. Be able to go to your local Walmart in certain cities and just purchase one. It's a problem. The fact that you can be able to go on any site and purchase without there be some firewall or something to be able to continue to vet the person that's actually on the site. We have things that we can be able to send into space and send down into the water so we can be able to experiment and you know and and explore new species. You're trying to tell me that we can't create something to be able to install firewalls and all of this protection to not allow people to continue to be able to purchase things online if they're underage. At some point during the process, they'll probably get tripped up, get frustrated, and move on. So where are we as a country? Where are we evolving? How are we doing that? We're not. It's the same people that push the buttons. It's the same people that make things work or try to dissuade you from making change. Those are the people that are continuously in power. So something has to change. Now, I think collectively as a people, we all need to not make it go away. To be able to have one emotion to possibly celebrate a championship parade. And then the next minute, you're running for your life. At some point, this can't be a thing anymore. And like I said, you hear this on everybody's show. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody has the outrage. And it's natural emotion and anger, right? It's it's genuine. But what I see that needs to change is... Let's not make it go away. That's all I'm saying. So we can be able to transition into sports. Let's transition into sports and see how we can be able to do. Super Bowl reaction. Very happy. First of all, I didn't like the game. I didn't like the game. I didn't like the way the game was going until the third quarter. 
third quarter, the game started to get, you know, started to get nice. Exciting. I liked it. And what I liked about it is seeing Kyle Shanahan implode. It was lovely. It was lovely. I'm not going to lie to you. If I had a weapon like Christian McCaffrey, you ever see a six-year-old play a video game and they keep playing, you know, mashing that one button, monster mashing that one button, that one move that they got, and you have to try to figure out how to stop it because if you don't stop it, he'll just continue to mash that one button. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I'd be that six-year-old. I would continue to mash that Christian McCaffrey button until somebody stops it. So if it's 40 touches, if it's 45 touches, if it's 50 touches, I'm going to try to make it so anytime we're snapping the ball, you have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. Hell, it's the Super Bowl. What other game are we prepping for next week? This is it. So when I hear people, and I've had people, and I have to, I don't have to say names. <laughs> They're not worth me saying their name. But we have people talking about, well, Kyle Shanahan, is he to blame? Is he to blame? He went against the best quarterback in the world. He called certain plays. Can't really blame them. And first off, it's not a choke job. If you get to the Super Bowl, oh, no, it is. We don't do the second place trophy things. If you get to the Super Bowl and you have a, you're in position to win, oh, you can choke. There is no hey. That's exactly what happened. Eagles did it last year. They had a 10-point lead, lost it. We've seen what the combination of Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn did against the Patriots. 28-3 is a pretty big choke job. So for anybody to say that there's no choke, you can't choke if you get to the Super Bowl bullshit. What I saw was Kyle Shanahan's collar starting to get a little tight. Just like that 28-3 game. What I saw was conservative, cute play calling. And then we get to the overtime, right? Where if you knew the rules, you would say, you know what? Let's give Kansas City the ball. See what happens because first score doesn't win the game. Even if they scored a touchdown, you could be able to answer, right? Or if you stop them or if you get a field goal, now you've seen what they have. Now you can be able to be in four-down territory if you want to. Now your play calling expands that playbook expands, and maybe Brock Purdy doesn't feel so pressured on a third down to make a play. But you're trying to tell me that Kyle Shanahan didn't choke it? Come on now. I've seen this before. This is who he is. Everybody wants to give him all the credit in the world that he's an elite play caller. And hey, look at all these, these, these motions, these pre-snap motions. Oh, great. Last time I checked, he's 0-2 in the Super Bowl. If you want to count the him being the OC, it's 1-3. 
certain people are very, very good at getting to certain places, right? They can be able to get you to your destination or they can drive to the supermarket. But they can't drive to the city because they can't drive on highways. So they can only go so far. But they're very good in the routes that they can be able to drive. Kyle Shanahan is that person. He can get you to your local supermarket. But he's not going past that particular line. Because then the wheel starts to shake. You start to look around at what other cars are doing around you and you're not concentrating. You start to check your rear view mirror a lot. Tend to use your brake maybe. It's not a comfortable drive. That's what Kyle Shanahan is when it comes to certain game or championship clinching situations. That wheel gets a little wobbly. So am I mad? No. Hell, I love seeing Patrick Mahomes win. Why not? Dynasties are needed. People, I want people to hate Patrick Mahomes to the point they don't want to hear him anymore. Hell, I don't want to hear him anymore. He sounds like Herman Frog, but he's good. But dynasties are needed. It's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But then we get the news that Wilkes is gone. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So you fire Steve Wilkes because he's been the scapegoat all season for great defense, right? Had a little slide in the in, in middle of the season. It's Steve Wilkes' fault. Had to take him from upstairs, and now you got to be on the field. Okay. But why is it still Steve Wilkes' fault? Why was he the fall guy? Was it his fault that Greenlaw tore his Achilles getting on the field? Was that Wilson's fault? But this is what Shanahan and this environment has created. Everybody's to blame but the person that's actually calling the shots. Can't fire McCaffrey, can't fire Purdy, can't fire anybody on the field. Guys played well. They did what they had to do. But is it blasphemous to start looking at Kyle Shanahan a little bit and saying, maybe you are the updated version of Marty Schottenheimer. Really, really good coach, but just could not get over the hump. Call me crazy, right? Some people do, but I see what I see. Sometimes you don't need pro football focus numbers in front of you to see what you're seeing. Your eyes tell you. I'm a very, very good reader of people. Body language in certain situations, how they react to things. There's a stress level that comes with pressure. And some people are very, very cool under pressure. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, certain people 
LT. Like the list goes on, right? Certain people just they see pressure and they don't even flinch. While others will start to clinch the purse. They'll start to grab the side of their shorts. Maybe they'll start to look around. They'll rub their face. They'll have to do certain gestures to stay loose. Kyle Shanahan is one of those people. Kyle Shanahan talks a big game. And he has all the bells and whistles. It's just like one of those pop-up amusement parks that look really, really good. On the surface, oh my God, they got such innovative things here. Can't wait to get on it and see how it goes. And then when you actually stress this particular ride to its capacity, to a pressure limit to a pressure point the bolts start to unravel ride gets a little shaky things start to get dangerous and at some point whoever's running it has to look at it and says nah maybe we gotta shut this down we need to shore this up looks good Got people in, got people believing that we're running a good business. We got to tighten a lot of stuff up. Let's start looking at Kyle Shanahan a little differently. I heard people giving him passes. No. You don't give passes for failure. You give passes for success. Win a Super Bowl and maybe you'll get a pass. Lose them. And there's more questions than you have answers for. Moving on. Moving on. I had no idea that Jimmy Garoppolo was a PD, was a PD user. What is going on with Jimmy G? Huh? Had a terrible season. Got benched for a rookie. Right? All of a sudden now we got reports that he's he doing a, a PDs. What? And on top of that, he will be released. I think he was supposed to make some $11.7 million bonus. You know they're not trying to pay that. They're not trying to give him that money. So he's not going to be the quarterback for the Raiders anymore. Whatever team he does sign with, he has a two-game suspension. Like, man, things were nice for Jimmy G in Vegas, man. They had the Bunny Ranch. Yeah, women flying all over the place, throwing underwear and bras at them. What happened? Did you have to do the PDs just to, I don't know, perform outside of the football field? I don't know. We need answers. I've always been a Jimmy G fan, man. But I just don't know if going forward, what type of career he's going to have. We may, ne we may never see Jimmy G start again. Never. We may never see him get a chance to redeem himself. He may just be that backup quarterback that all the girls like. And nothing more. When the Raiders want nothing to do with you, it's pretty bad. 
So moving on. Moving on. Russell Wilson is um put his house on sale. $25 million. So much he's putting on the market for because his future is up in the air. He doesn't know where he's going to play football. He's in limbo. We've heard that Sean Payton and the, 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 the front office, they've told him, you know, he's going to get an answer soon and all this stuff. And it's just like, what's the actual holdup here? Obviously, the big contract is going to kick in soon, right? So I understand that. But it's just like when a woman meets a guy. She already knows from the first few minutes if she's going to take this man to bed at some point. You know, there's no sellers. I well, you know, let's see how this goes. Yeah. You're either going to be like, you know what? Yeah, he got, he got some potential to get these yams. Yeah, I like that, right? But there's never a point where it's just like, and we're going to see where it goes. That may happen on a very small scale. Nine times out of ten, women know. So what are you waiting for? If you've seen this man play quarterback this season, then play too bad. But at the price tag that he's coming in with, maybe not worth the money. There's nothing that he's going to be able to show you to change your mind if that's what you want or don't want. Move on. Cut him, trade him, whatever you just get rid of him and move on. His Broncos tenure was doomed from less ride. We all know this. And we all know that from the owners came in, they said, all right, we're gonna give him the bad, we're gonna get Russ. And they saw this man's personality. How much of a lame he is and how much of a fraudulent leader he is. They couldn't wait to hire Sean Payton and say, look, man, um, we got this guy. And if you can fix him, great. If you can't, great. Because all it's going to do is force us to be able to move on. But if you can be able to make him look serviceable, maybe, just maybe, somebody will want him. Now, we all know about football is that teams are not going to give you much when they know that there's a potential of a player getting released, right? But maybe the Broncos need to just kind of cut bait. Maybe the Broncos just need to look at themselves and say, Never would have gonna get these yams, bro. <laughs> I'm just, just saying, he was never going to sell you on him being the guy. It's just obvious. It's the way he moves, his demeanor. Um, you know, you Shannon Sharp was a big Denver Broncos fan. I don't know how much Shannon Sharp likes Russell Wilson as a player. We're not talking about all the off-field stuff and how he is or the rumors that have been circling around. But just his demeanor on the field, he just he just doesn't feel like 
a legit leader to me. And with a team like that, that has that potential, you need somebody that everybody can be able to look to and say, I'm going to run through a wall for this dude. Whatever happens, I'm here. They don't have that. It's a lot of, eh, yeah, man. I know what you're really about off this field. And when people can sniff the fraud, there's never going to be a situation where you repair that. It's time to move on. Moving on. Moving on. To my Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Now, Mike Zimmer was officially hired, you know, so we can put all the Rex Ryan shit to bed. And um, how do I feel about it? I feel better than when it initially happened because obviously it's now final. It's truly final that Rex is not going to be the, the defensive coordinator. Um, Mike Zimmer, history here, um, no nonsense. He's not going to tolerate any bullshit. And honestly, I think that's what we need. That's what we need going forward. We need somebody to be able to look at these players and say, if none of you motherfuckers are going to be leaders, I'll be the leader. Look to me. I'm not going to be in the booth like Dan Quinn with my hat turned around. No, I'm going to be right there on that field. Because when some of y'all come off the field and you're laughing or you're looking at this or that, I'm going to be right there to challenge you. I'm going to be right there to motivate you. I'm going to be right there to hold you accountable for when you screw up. And I'm also going to be there to give you the biggest hug when you play well. That's what a leader does. Not look the part. See, the thing is, We've been kind of hoodwinked over the last few seasons with Dan Quinn. Put together a really, really good defense. I'm not saying that. A lot of takeaways in, the, in, in, in his tenure here, right? Cowboys were forcing turnovers. But outside of forcing turnovers, the Cowboys could not get turnovers. They were very, very average defense, if not below average at times. You got Micah Parsons that. He's an undersized edge rusher, but we had linebacker issues all year. And Dan Quinn never even thought about, you know what? You, I think that we're pretty decent at edge rush. You know, we have guys that can be able to rush the pass. So I think, you know, we have some talent on that line. Maybe we can just put Micah at linebacker and just leave him there. If Anderush is gone, not come back. Overshone got, got hurt in, 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 in camp. And then we see how he produces against elite play callers and coaches. Gets his doors rocked. So this is my thing. It's, it's about how they're going to move forward. Mike Zimmer is an accountable coach. Stops the run. He understands what he needs. Normally, most of his defensive, they got some big bodies up front. We're talking about some fridge movers. That's what he's going to do. He's going to shore up that running game. 
You're going to shore up that run stop, stuff the run. Linebackers are very important in a Mike Zimmer offense. Excuse me, defense. Cornerbacks, very important in a Mike Zimmer defense. And we got some good ones. Got a question here. Shouts to a man, Bryson. So do you think there's validity to Micah calling out the scheme a couple of weeks ago? Absolutely. Absolutely there's validity behind that, Bryson. But here's my issue with that, right? Don't need to hear that from my star player. If that's something that's a problem, that needs to stay in-house. That needs to stay in-house. I don't need my best player or supposedly best player calling out schemes. Because when you look good, when you're playing well, we don't never hear how bad the scheme is. It's only when you struggle. You're getting held. Scheme's bad. Nah. No more excuses, bro. I don't care about them. I'm not a fan of excuses. So there's definitely validity behind it. But that's not something that should be shared ever on a podcast, on an inter- No, no. And that's one of the things that I know Mike Zimmer for a fact is going to clean up. For a fact. All of the chirping, all of the, the not look prepared, the, yeah, we ran out of gas comments from supposed dogs. And veterans on his team, you ain't going to see that on the Mike Zimmer. At some point, somebody has to be the adult. And it's not about being the parent that's friends with the kid and allows the kid to smoke weed or go outside with his friends after curfew. We don't need that parent. We need the parent that's going to be the drill sergeant because if you got some knuckleheads upstairs, then that means that they need to be coached and handled a little bit rougher. That's the only way people learn sometimes. By consequence. By accountability. And the Cowboys have a lot of prima donnas on that defense. They have a lot of prima donnas offensively as well. They have a head coach that couldn't motivate a monkey to eat a banana. This is what we're talking about. So at some point, if Mike Zimmer is going to be the adult in the room, let him be the adult in the room for everybody. Because if the defense is held accountable, maybe that can trickle over into the offense too. And maybe we can get Mute Prescott to say something and actually look like a leader. It's one thing to be good and put up all these stats. Sometimes you need to grab somebody's face mask and really get into their face. Quarterbacks can get away with that. I'm done with the with the nice guy stuff from Dak. He about to get paid from the Cowboys. At some point, show some heart. I don't want to hear people talk about, well, if you look at the advanced stats, if you look at the QBR, I don't care about that. My eyes tell me that this is a guy 
That looks like James Harden when the pressure gets crazy. He runs away from it. You don't think that I, I believe for a fact that of course that there was an issue between CD and Dak. There was nothing off the field. There was nothing that was said in regards to pregame that they, that they spilled over into the game. No, this was a wide receiver looking at his quarterback and asking him, where are you right now? Because clearly you're not here. So wipe off those cobwebs and get to work. We home. This happens too much with this quarterback. So maybe having a Mike Zimmer, having some other guys on the staff, maybe we can be able to get some adults in the room and change shit. Wish we would have had Rex, but Mike Zimmer's Mike Zimmer's a good addition. So shouts to Mike. Shouts to Mike Zimmer. Um and yeah, it's just one of those things where it's um it's time for us to see it. It's time for us to see um so time for us to see some accountability. I think if we see some accountability on this defense, I think if guys lock in and just focus on football, not all this other outside shit. Maybe, just maybe, you'll start to see a different locked-in Dallas Cowboys team as a collective. Moving on. Moving on to... I I am not one of these people that like to discuss the GOAT conversation or where somebody ranks all time and before they're done, Right? Have those conversations with your friends or whoever after a career is finished, and or if it's at the tail end and you 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 gotten like a lot of body of work to be able to say certain things. I am not gonna join the conversation of Patrick Mahomes and where he ranks all time because he's still playing and playing. He hasn't even hit like the middle part of his career yet. What I can tell you is as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and he is good, he is great. He's one of the coolest, calmest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Probably one of the most talented, if not the most. The part that I want people to take a pause and a step back from is that this is a guy that is under the tutelage and under the offense of a genius in Andy Reid. And what a lot of people fail to remember about Andy Reid is that Andy Reid made Alex Smith look like the first round pick that he was, first overall pick. Well, uh, excuse me, but what a lot of people don't remember 
is that Andy Reid went to like six, seven, eight NFC Championship games with Donovan McNabb. Yeah, they only got to one Super Bowl. Almost won it too. The man was in NFC Championship games all the time. So he got a better quarterback, a more cerebral quarterback, a guy that's cool under pressure, and he's winning Super Bowls. Shock? No. So as much as I love Patrick Mahomes, as much as I think he's great, Andy Reid is what keeps this shit together. Who's to say if Andy Reid calls it quits after next year? Say they three-peat. He said, I think I'm done. I think what we've accomplished is something special that probably will never be duplicated again. It might be, but might not be for a very long time. This is it for me. Can we honestly say that everything in Kansas City is going to stay the same? What are they going to do? Promote Spagnola to head coach? We've seen what he looked like at head coach. Are you going to call Eric Bieniemy and give him the job? We all know that Eric Bieniemy is not getting a head coaching job because he's just a matter-of-fact dude. Goes to those interviews and said, look, this is, this is who I am. This is my offense. If you don't like it, go kiss, go kiss ass. Leave me the leave me the hell alone. It's just the way he is. No nonsense. So can we honestly say that? We knew how great Brady was, but a lot of people were like, yo, you know, who knows? I don't know if he got something left in the tank and blah blah blah. And, you know. But we understood that Brady was a special guy and he was with a head coach that wasn't an offensive genius but he was a damn good defensive uh, you know planner and 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 strategist and all this stuff Brady was the other side of that and it made a great marriage what we're seeing in Kansas City is not the same type of co relationship right where one side is good, the other side is good, you put it together and it makes a whole. This is two guys, offensive-minded, but Andy Reid is the head of the snake. So if you remove Andy Reid, I don't necessarily believe that everything is hunky-dory in Kansas City. Just saying. Andy Reid has a rap sheet Long. And we ain't talking about track record. Rap sheet. The man does what he does. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about rap sheet, like, yeah, all right, cool. He's he's known for this. He's known for that. He's known for that. Andy Reid is known to get to NFC Championship games and AFC Championship games. That's his rap. That's his MO. That's what he does. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's going to find a way. And if you give him a talented one, he's going to go all the way. It's just the way it goes. So I don't hear enough talk about Andy Reid. I'm more on that side. Andy goes, 
We're going to see how great Patrick Mahomes becomes after that. Moving on. Moving on. To, I guess, one of my favorite segments of the show. My irrelevant news of the week. You got to be kidding me. I mean, how do you watch this? I mean, they stink. Uh, What do we have here? What do we have here? Every week we go and see what crazy stories we can find. So what do we have here? First one. Ikea's limited edition ninja hot dogs in Japan. I wish I had the picture to show you guys. In post-production, I'll do that. But ninja, it's all black. It looks like somebody put it on the grill and just charred it, right? The bun is black. The glizzy's black. And they call it ninja hot dogs in Japan. Who's eating that? For all my glizzy eaters out there, you're going to see this and be interested to eat that? Nah. And if you are, what the fuck? It takes it to another level. Another level. If you're over here eating, eating burnt glizzies, darkness glizzies, what? Nah. No way. No way. No way. Like, there's, there's certain food that you should just not eat. And I, listen, I, I am not a big proponent of, of eating things that just look undercooked or overcooked. Just my thing. Or looks like a a, a first grader painted that shit. <laughs> painted that shit. What are we doing? Ninja hot dog. Get that shit the hell out of here. And somebody had the nerve to put mustard on it. What? No. No. Moving on. What is her name? Teacher Nikishi Diallo. We all know her as Rachel Dolezal. Got fired from her job because she had an OnlyFans account. Like... This is this has been something that's been going on a lot nowadays. Like, you got so many women that are moonlighting as you know models or you know XXX, whatever it is, or whatever there is, right? Because they're trying to generate more income for them. Salute to them. I I ain't knocking it, but you gotta take things into consideration. If you're a teacher of children and you are also an OnlyFans creator, how do you think that's going to go over? Do you think that like the parents are going to be happy that you teaching Jimmy his ABCs and then you spreading it wide, you busting it open later on? No. It's not the way it works. Like, I don't know what's up with her. She's one of those people that's like, she's just trying to find her identity. First, you was over here faking like you a black woman. Now you over here selling whatever you selling on OnlyFans and you destroying the, you destroying the kids. 
Cause what about the kids now? Now they gotta get a substitute teacher that probably wasn't as good as her. Don't know what the hell they doing, right? It's crazy. Nowadays, it's like, yo, listen, if I'm a superintendent, if I'm somebody hiring a teacher and the teacher is attractive, right? Young and then she got a nice body or whatever it is and she talks well. The first thing in my head now is like, I wonder if she got OnlyFans. Why, why that, why that got to be the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Why I can't be mad? She's just well-educated and just a lovely woman. And I'd be like, on OnlyFans. What? Come on now. Y'all got to relax. If you want to be an OnlyFans person, be an OnlyFans person. But don't moonlight with the kids, neither. Leave the kids alone. That's crazy. I'd be damned if my son has a teacher that got OnlyFans. And don't tell everybody. Don't tell everybody about it. Give everybody a free subscription. Like, sorry, I don't know. Don't be hiding it. Just come out, come out in public. Face it. Because if you're ashamed of it, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. That's all I'm saying. If you got to hide it from your job, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No. I don't, I don't, I don't really get it, man. I don't get it. There's, there's a lot of women that, that make a lot of money on this OnlyFans stuff. I don't see the reason why you have to continue to, uh, you know, work like a regular job or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, look, there was another story here. OnlyFans mom ads got nine kids expelled from Florida private Christian school. So, of course, it's Florida, right? Of course. Of course, it's Florida. She put OnlyFans, she put OnlyFans tag on the back of her car, carpooling these children. Carpooling these children around. Come on. And mind you, your OnlyFans could have been you reading books to people. But you already know the image and the perception that OnlyFans has. You could be doing something completely fine, innocent. They say OnlyFans, people automatically go to porn. Automatically. Busting it up. And then you get the kids expelled. Come on now. Like you, you're going to have to give out free subscriptions to somebody. Whoever whoever made the rules. Remember how Forrest Gump moms got him to, to pass the class or pass whatever it was? She had, she had, to, she had to do what she had to do with that, with that teacher, with that principal. Your mother sure love you. You know, sure care about your school, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Remember that? So I'm saying, don't put the kids in danger. Leave the kids alone, man. Keep your OnlyFans somewhere else. You ain't got to promote that in the back of your car. What's Facebook? Bro? All these other things that you got to promote. Promote it there. On the back of the car? Like a Yale sticker? Like, what are we doing? Whatever happened to those? My son's an honor old... <laughs> My son's on the honor roll. Duke University. Whatever city softball team it was or, or peewee football. OnlyFans? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't know. 
that is my irrelevant news. You got to be kidding me. I mean, how do you watch? Let me, yeah, they stink. Ah, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got next. Ah, yes, of course. NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm going to forget. I don't care. Um, I, I don't know when the love of All-Star Weekend died for me. I can't pinpoint the year. But I can tell you that it's been over a decade since I've been interested in really watching the festivities of All-Star Weekend. The dunk contests have been bad. I think the three-point contest has been really good. I, I think that's probably the only thing that I'm looking forward to, um, to see Ionescu and Curry. But they had the celebrity game. Tonight, Micah Parsons at 37 and 16. Shouts to him. You can shoot. I, I saw him in, in, in the pregame. Boy, you can shoot. Can't tackle worth a damn in football, but he can shoot. Um, can't break double teams, but he can shoot. But where's the excitement for me? I, I don't understand where it went. Like, it, it's just not the same anymore. You know, they're trying to go back to the, the original format between East and West. There's no, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if that's going to do it. I don't know if allowing some homegrown guys that whatever city is in, I, I don't know. I don't know how they can be able to do it. All I know is that contracts are up guys are more adamant on not giving their all in certain situations and it's being accepted as okay it's fine you don't have to do this if you don't want to there's no pride in being an all-star anymore there's entitlement oh i i i my numbers speak for us i need to be an all-star but there's no there's no real pride in it anymore. I think guys like Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant and just that age of guys took it seriously. It was an honor and a privilege to be able to play with other guys that were just as good, if not better than you. And you can be able to showcase your talent to the world because the world was watching it wasn't just on local news or local TV syndicated. This was world views. People, all the eyes are on it. And it just doesn't have the same passion or pizzazz anymore. It's just dull. It's boring. It's monotonous. It's something that they need to find a way to revamp or they're going to be in big trouble because I, I just don't know what the ratings are going to be like. I'm sure people, you know, celebrities still go out there for All-Star Weekend because it's just a thing to do. Not necessarily something that's exciting. It's just something to do. So a basketball lifer like myself that has watched the game since I was four years old and I've seen and 
seen the evolution of the game and where it's gone, I don't particularly believe that the All-Star game of the All-Star weekend has changed for the better. It's gotten worse. Outside of Ionescu and Curry, do, does anybody care about anything? Does anybody care about the dunk contest? Jalen Brown was Jalen Brown's. I don't care. It's just one of those things where it's just like we just want to get past it. Get past it. Get past this particular space. So we can be able to just move on with the rest of the season. That's all it is. Moving on. Moving on. I have something interesting to talk about in regards to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are one of the hardest watches around the NBA. You know, you have bad teams out there. Um, Detroit Pistons. You know, Raptors are not really nice to watch. Um, you got some real eyesores out there. But none more than the Milwaukee Bucks. And a lot of people will hear this and be like, well, why? Why do you say that? They got Dame. They got Giannis. They got a pretty good supporting cast. I will tell you why. The Milwaukee Bucks are a hard watch and a hard follow because of what they've become i think milwaukee over the years they they've turned themselves into a very respectful franchise right won an nba title a few years back they are the home and the hub of the two-time mvp and Giannis atenacumpo the fan base is really, really passionate and great. They're constantly in con in a title contention, which is good. So all of these things are positive things. The problem that I'm seeing with this team is Giannis. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? Giannis is the problem. Here's why. Success sometimes allows for bad decisions. Listen to that again. Success sometimes opens the door for bad decisions. So, for example, your business is doing really, really well. And you've been doing certain things a certain way. You will have the confidence to be able to maybe do something uncharacteristically. Because everything that you've done is successful. But sometimes that particular type of hubris doesn't carry over. And you can actually cause more damage to whatever you've built because of that stubborn hubris that you have. That's where Milwaukee is right now. And it's all because of Giannis. When championship, having a guy win these back-to-back -back MVPs, having the success that he's had here, 
allowed him to be able to say things in the media to try to sway certain things to happen. Oh, you know, if things don't work out and we don't get more competitive and do this and get this guy, then, you know, maybe I got to leave. Okay, what did they do? Packed up all their stuff, packed up their best perimeter defender, and they went to go get you Dame Lillard. When you wanted your brother to have an NBA job, they looked at your brother and said, but he's not good enough. Yeah, doesn't doesn't matter. He needs to be here. Okay. So we'll give him a roster spot. Some other hardworking kid can't get a spot on a championship-level team because there's nepotism that Milwaukee has granted Giannis. Adrian Griffin got hired. Doing a very good job, and for some reason, there was a disconnect. But do you honestly believe that if Giannis wanted to keep Adrian Griffin, he wouldn't be there? And what do you think happened? Yeah, let's go get Doc. I like Doc. I like what Doc's done. Then deal. Get him in there. So let's go through the timeline. Your brother's on the team. Dame's here because of you. Doc is here because of you. We see the team struggling. They can't stop a nosebleed. Dame Lillard's one of the worst defenders in basketball. They've lost their defensive edge. What made them special to be able to protect the rim and get out on the break and do special things. They don't have that anymore. They have still the ability to block shots. But when you've got a point guard that can't stay in front of molasses because he's never had to, then it puts more strain on the back end of your defense. So instead of being able to direct the guy somewhere, impromptu happens. He's just Ole and letting the guy go wherever he wants. So it puts the back line of your defense out of rhythm. You're out of position. So you tend to have to slide over late, get foul calls. Things are not healthy in Milwaukee. And as much as I would like to clown Doc Rivers, because he is a very below average coach and a below average motivator, and he's always been that. That's low-hanging fruit. As much as I would love to be able to tell you that Dame's shortcomings is the reason why this team is not as good as they are. Low-hanging fruit. But me telling you that Giannis is the problem. Oh, that's a big can of worms. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, it's a lot of, fluff or something there that people don't want to talk about. At some point, Milwaukee needs to get their franchise back. Not saying that Giannis shouldn't be a part of it. He could be a part of it. But he shouldn't run it. 
People like to talk about the GM. LeBron's the GM. Who's a bigger GM than Giannis? Who's a bigger power broker than Giannis in Milwaukee? Very similar, if not worse, here. So that's what I see. And my eyes don't lie. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, I like to poke fun at um at the Clippers. I do. I, do. I don't care about them. I, I think that they're frauds and failures. Having a really good season, though. So I'm not going to discredit them for that. What I will throw shade at is that how they've handled the P.J. Tucker situation. I think that they could have released him a while ago. They could have gave him his buyout. They could have found maybe a, a trade partner and took back whatever scraps it was. Obviously, that's that's all. That's just me saying, hey, they should have. They should have. They ain't got to do nothing. They don't. They don't have to abide by any request that P.J. Tucker asked them. I remember there was a report that he said that he never asked to be a Clipper. He never asked to be traded. He never asked to be here. And for him not to be able to get his release bothers him. I get it. I do. The issue that I'm having is that sometimes... In our misery, we will let the devil in. So all of these bad thoughts that you have or you, the doubt that you put out there, it will just show itself. P.J. Tucker never had a good attitude heading into becoming a clipper. He didn't want to be there. So the fact that team has no use for you the fact that there's no minutes for you here the fact that there's no contract buyout that we came to an agreement with shouldn't you kind of blame yourself a bit hell you could have probably been a part of this rotation at some capacity maybe not what you see or wanted but i'm damn sure you can be able to contribute to the team so a lot of times, guys just kind of bury themselves. They bury themselves with the mentality that they have. Doomed from the start. The other problem that I'd like to address as well is the fact that this is par for the course for the NBA. Guy can be able to be disgruntled and do these things and show out a character and he gets traded somewhere else and we never hear about it again. You can cry baby your way out of a situation now. And it's it's kind of accepted. It's applauded. Ellie, just find PJ Tucker talk about it. What is that going to do? Man, got money. He don't care about being fined. If he's unhappy, he's going to talk. So we need to kind of look at things a different way. Yes, P.J. Tucker, you didn't ask to be traded. Yes, P.J. Tucker, you didn't ask to be a Clipper. Yes, P.J. Tucker, you didn't ask 
to stay here. But these are the situations that you have. So instead of taking time or some weeks to step away from the team, why don't you just be a professional? Because at the end of the day, if you'd have did that from day one, sat there or whatever it was and took the scraps, or if you didn't get any minutes, try to find a way to be a motivator and an influence to the younger guys on the team and hold them accountable. Because I can guarantee you that particular role has a place in the NBA. GMs and executives love the motivator. They will continue to give you one-year deals because of the value that you bring to that organization. But if they look at you as a 38, 39-year-old malcontent, how many teams you think are lining up to sign up for that? That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you need to look at what you've created instead of what's going on and why somebody else is holding you back. What environment did you breed that allowed this to happen? What thoughts did you have pre-trade or even post-trade to prevent this particular thing from happening? Manifest Manifestation is a hell of a thing. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. Moving on. Have we seen the end of a dynasty with Golden State? I think so. I don't necessarily believe that the Golden State Warriors are going to be this world beater ever again. I don't believe so. I believe that whatever iteration this is they're gonna be competitive and good but there won't be any runs being made Steph Curry is gonna play out the string of his career as a Golden State Warrior that's what you want right Draymond Green may end up possibly playing that out as well because a lot of people still love Draymond Green in the Bay Area Clay Thompson, great player, but what needed to be done for him is that sometimes you don't necessarily believe that all the battle scars that you've picked up along the way are just not going to affect you. Like you can go on these, you know, the the social worker um, Rolodex or or or, you know, back in the history or whatever it is, and see how many cases these people have to deal with, just the just the wear and tear and the emotion that comes with that. That's hard for you not to take it home. We're at that stage with the Golden State Warriors. They played a lot of basketball together. 
They've played a lot of in-season or regular season, postseason games together. So, of course, there's going to be times where the run is over. Clay Thompson, it's over. And the thing that bothers me about Clay Thompson is that he still wants to hang around. Go somewhere else. You're willing to take less money. Oh, it's not about the money. It's not about the, what it was about. You just want to stick around and figure it out? Stay here? Like the bad third wheel that you are right now? If Golden State could have traded you, they'd have traded you. Let's keep it on it. So you taking a pay cut in the offseason, what's that going to do? What's that going to do? Don't beg the woman to stay with you. That's all I'm saying. Have some pride and understand that sometimes you got to move on. That's where we are with Clay Thompson. So I'm saying they're playing well. I'm not going to say that they have not figured it out over the last 10 games or so. They look good. Steph Curry's playing extremely well. His team is old. The parts that you want to be consistent are old. It's like putting a new shell on an old-ass engine. That's all it is. And I'm trying to tell people the other elephant in the room about the Golden State Warriors. When you got black cat Chris Paul on the team, things just happen, right? Man hasn't played in a while. It don't matter. It don't matter. He's still there. Ruined it. He just expedited the process. I told you from day one, it's a bad choice. Look what happened. Look what we got. Draymond Green gets into a fight. He has to step away for a while. Man's been doing this his whole career. All of a sudden, he got to step away. That's no coincidence. That's Black Cat Ball. That's Poltergeist Paul. Clay Thompson, shooting 41%, 37 from three. Man looks like rubbish. Black Cat Paul effect. This is no coincidence. I don't care if you believe in these things. Yeah, I see it. And I got comments. Hey, look at it. Bryson, come on, man. Listen, I understand that, you, that you're a Warriors fan. This sounds nearly identical to what you said about the squad three years ago. They're playing as well as anybody in the sport. This team will play in the Western Conference Finals minimum. I'm listening to a Warriors fan tell me about this team. 
This is the most biased take ever. So it is. Remember that I said that? Oh, I will. Trust me. Trust me. Not going to shock me one bit if they're one and done in the playoffs. Team ain't going nowhere. Steph Curry, he's a nice guy. But he's the Dak Prescott type of leader. Too quiet. You need to grab some people up sometimes and do something. You see how Clay just kind of brushes ass off when you're trying to give him a pound? Get out of here, man. Let me do my thing. Get out of my face. It's Golden State for you. It's over. All you Golden State fans, listen very closely. It's over. And I can't wait because I'm going to be right here. Right here to console you guys, just like I'm here for Clipper fans and Clipper Nation. When the wheels come off the bus, I will be here. Just know that you have a friend in me. Bay Area fans, you have a friend in me. I am not going to chastise you. I'm not going to, I told you so to death. That's not going to be my flex. It's going to be more of a hand on your shoulder. And it's going to be more of, hey, I understand that you're hurt. I understand that you need somebody to speak to. I understand that you need somebody to make sense of all of this. I'm your guy. I'm going to be able to tell you that as... The wheels of life roll. You go through these pictures or towns and snapshots of your career or your life and know that there's just a point where as much as you drive or you keep driving, that first picture, that third picture, that fifth picture, it becomes a distant reality. It's no longer something that's in your face anymore. That's not who you are or where you are in your, your current situation or your current destination or journey. It's just not. It's just not. So I'll be here. I don't want to go into it right now. I'm going to just wait. Like I told a lot of Bay Area fans when Chris Paul signed, just wait. Moving on. Moving on. What else we got here? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I am over active players. I don't care what sport it is. Having podcasts. I'm just done. I'm done. Listen, I had went on my show and talked about how great the Knicks were and how well they're playing. Man, I'm done with it. You got Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart having this podcast. I think since they started the podcast, they like one and four. 0-4 or some crap like that. Can't win a game. What do I... Listen, I am not somebody that likes the shut up and dribble thing. I don't like it, right? I don't think you should be telling nobody that. People have other interests outside. You want to be an actor. You want to do commercials and all this stuff. But you don't see... You, Kobe Bryant would never have a podcast active playing. After 
I'm sure you would have. LeBron James may end up having a podcast after he plays, right? You can't really call the shop a pod. It's not. But as LeBron, he can't handle that. I don't need to hear Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart interview Mikhail Bridges and him talk about his tenure with Katie and all this nonsense when his team just got beat by 50. I don't care. And there's a lot of Nets fans, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of Nets fans that feel exactly the same way that I'm telling you right now. They were furious. I don't want to be on your damn show. I don't want to listen to you talk about what it was with KD. What you doing now to fix this team? That's what they care about. I'm just done with it. You got guys interviewing guys that they beat or beat them. Micah Parsons having Jordan Love on his show. What? A, that's gonna make you do. You think people like that as Cowboys fans? Come on now, like yo. I seen Trey Young. He ain't got shit to do for All Star Weekend. So of course, go ahead, have your podcast. You ain't doing nothing. Team ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. But in say, but in 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 to say that, I still don't like it. I still don't like that you got an active podcast. Patrick Beverly don't like it. I don't care who it is. Don't like it. Save that for the offseason. Everybody, every basketball player, every athlete, have your pod in the offseason and have it seasonal. You can go, go live every day in the offseason if you want to. It's fine. Hey, it's your offseason. During the season, I need y'all to lock in. Because like I said, before y'all started that podcast for the Knicks, Knicks was riding high. But Knicks go Nick, right? This is a this is a typical Nick thing here. Just focus on the season. Focus on your job. Whatever happened to guys just like making rap albums? Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to this bad rap? Chris Webber, Alan, just the names go on. That was all right. At least, you know, dudes do a, uh, they drop a, 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 an album and that's it. It's not continuous. This podcast and shit is just, it's annoying every week. Just give me some bad rap so we can listen to it, rock it out for a little bit and move on. Love Dame Dollar, right? Talented guy. Love it. I would never want to hear Dame on a podcast. Don't want to hear it. Don't care. Don't care. All I care, I, I want guys that are retired, great stories, right? Guys that are journalists, do that. Analysts, guys that are NBA reporters and insiders, you can have y'all pods. But come on now. If you're active, be active in getting better and improving your team, your play, how you can be able to get better. Do that. I don't necessarily care nor want to hear you speak about the game that you just lost. 
I'd rather see how you're going to respond for the next game by your play. This podcast thing is going to, it's, it's going to hit a point just like the real estate market back in 20, was it 2008? When the bubble popped, you have so many podcasts out here right now because everybody's looking at the end game, seeing all of the people that make money. You know how many people don't make fucking money on YouTube, although they're monetized? How many people have to struggle just to get $15 a month? And maybe depending on the city, they don't even see that 15 because they got to wait for a tax threshold to kick in before they can be able to get money. Going viral. What does it do for you? I can tell you that it doesn't do a lot for many people. So everybody's flocking to have podcasts and go to YouTube. Okay. The good ones will last. All of these flavor of the month joints, they're all going to go away. And I don't necessarily want my athletes to be in this new media space while you're playing. Do it after. Attack it after. Go get your bag after. But while you're playing, don't give people reasons to not say that you're not locked in. Don't give them more ammunition to come after you. Just because it's the cool thing to do for right now. Moving on. Moving on. Where are we at? Ah. Baseball. So there was a whistleblower that blew the horn on poor old Billy Epler and those Mets. And I, for one, am extremely happy. <laughs> that, whoever it was, whoever the whistleblower was, salute to you. Because I couldn't stand Billy Epler. From the first day that he got there, I said, this man is a, he's a, he's a carbon copy of Brian Cashman. Don't want him. And for him to be able to manipulate the, the injury list, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, man. Because I remember those years. I'm like, yo, this don't make no sense, bro. What, why is he going for so long? What's going on here? Like, I don't know, man. If Cohen knew, it's going it's going to change a lot for me. So I hope he has plausible deniability and got some evidence to back up his innocence because I don't like it. I don't like the fact that you can hire this bald head. You know what? Let me just let me be nice. This this charlatan of a person. 
and have him tarnish the Mets legacy or the Mets reputation. It's bad enough that people say Mets go Met. But now we got this. Come on now. It, it just doesn't look right. But I respect the whistleblower for blowing that horn. Pause. Yeah, let me push that again. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where's that? Where's that? Hold on. Hey, yo, what the there fuck? we go. You know what I mean? I respect it. Because sometimes keeping your mouth shut is going to get everybody bagged at the end. I'd rather go after the dude. Go, hey, go after him. Say that he was the one. He was the one that had all of this stuff going crazy. Him. Because I'm sure Billy Evler wasn't a nice person to work for. Didn't look like it. And Stearns found that out really quickly. He was like, oh, you know, this, this ain't going to work, man. You need to find somewhere to go. Because if you got this, is like, maybe Stearns was the one. Maybe Stearns said, what's that? What do you mean, what's that? Check the books. None of these dudes had, had medical problems. None of them. So it's either you re resign and get away from us, or I'm going to the press. So I'm happy that bitch-ass Apple is gone because he was a disgrace. And if anybody, if any organization in the next year or two feels the need to go after him, then you really have no integrity. He's a person that doesn't need to be around baseball at the highest level. Make him a scout. Let him go ahead and, and be data research. That's fine for him. Don't ever put him in charge of the players again. Don't ever put him in charge of making or breaking somebody's career. That's finished. He should be lucky to coach a peewee baseball team at this point. He should be lucky to be able to handle inventory and team jersey management for a peewee baseball team at this point. Who I'm talking about, Joe Hutchinson, is Billy Epler, former GM of the New York Mets. He was caught um, manipulating the injury list. And he's been, I think, suspended two years by Major League Baseball. So as a Mets fan, I wanted his ass gone from day one. And it only makes sense now. So that's my thing. Um, Moving on to Pete Alonzo, we've seen reports saying that he's going to test free agency. Obviously, Scott Boris is his agent. It's going to happen. David Stearns, I don't think that David Stearns ever was going to put in a serious bid. And even if he did, I don't think Scott Boris would have took it because that's just what he does. He lets his clients believe that he has to go to free agency and test the waters and test the market. Look. I've said this numerous times and nauseam about Pete Alonzo. Really good power hitter. He's Dave Kingman. 
average first baseman, below average glove. You can pay for power in free agency as it for DH. Why would you want to pay $200 million for a first baseman that is not great? And on top of that, he's right-handed. So he's not even super special. Now you have to ask yourself, is he better than Paul Goldschmidt? No. Is he better than Mike, uh, Matt Olson? No. Is he better than Freddie Freeman? No. Those are your top first basemen right there. So if he's not better than any of those guys, then what bargaining power does he have? Well, he's the, he's the highest home. He has the highest home run efficiency in all the major league baseball. Nobody's hit more home runs in a, in a five-year span than Pete Alonzo. Great. That still doesn't tell a team or still doesn't convince a team that you're worth $200 million. See, Aaron Judge was worth that money to the Yankees because he was much more than just a masher. He is the Yankees right now. Judge's chamber, you know, he's the face of this franchise. Is Pete Alonso the face of the Mets? No. Is Pete Alonso a... a, a Role model for the kids? No. What Pete Alonzo is, and there's times where he looks like an immature man-child on the field, gyrating and all this stuff. You think that's a good example for the kids? You ever see Aaron Judge do that? What about Derek Jeter? What about people that used to hate this man, Barry Bonds? I've seen him do it. You ever see Francisco Lindor do it? You ever see any of the high-profile players in baseball do it? No. So when you have these things, these strikes against you, although the team loves you, they're not going to bid, first off, against themselves, and they're not going to get into this bidding war where they double your salary all because they think you're a nice guy. So the question is, how much do I think Pete Alonso is worth? I think he's somewhere in the middle of Matt Olson and Goldschmidt, somewhere there. I mean, if you give him 25 24 to 26 million dollars i think that's that's okay might be pushing it but that's as much as i'd go so we'll see what happens with pete um could be a special year for the mets it could be a disaster and that can be able to play a factor in negotiations in the offseason as well moving on moving on um Rob Manfred, thank you for your service. Um, I've never, ever met a commissioner. I've never met a leader. I've never met 
a particular public figure that has been more of a disgrace than Rob Manfred. So as a baseball fan, thank you. But you should be leaving way earlier than 2029. This was 2025 or 2026. People would be dancing in the streets with no draws on. That's the type of happiness and celebration you would bring by your departure. You have turned baseball into sometimes an unwatchable product. Now, shouts to you for the pitch clock. That's not bad. But to not have this game growing the way it's supposed to, that's you. To have baseball lifers never forgive you for calling the World Series trophy a piece of tin or a hunk of metal or whatever it was just shows how disconnected you are with the sport that you run and the fan base that loves it. We need somebody who's actually a fan of the game, who's a great marketer, and who's a very, very shrewd negotiator. You're not that. And I'm so happy as a Mets fan that I don't have to see that deer in headlights look from you in 2029. You'll be gone. And baseball would be better for it. Moving on to the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. Yeah. Every week I go around the room. And because there's nobody here, there's no room to go around. Who is my particular dummy of the week? It's interesting. There's a few I can pick from. But who is my dummy of the week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner for Dummy of the Week. 49ers fans! 49ers fans get my... Dummy, yeah. Because... I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. I know a lot of 49ers fans in my life. And they troll you. As a Cowboys fan, you get trolled. Oh, you guys suck. You guys can't do anything. You guys, da da da, da. All of this stuff, right? Not to, re- not to mention, or people don't realize that the 49ers have had a longer drought of winning a Super Bowl than the Cowboys do. But these 49ers fans, man, like, they are delusional people. They just don't understand how bad they are. And I loved it. I Listen, I was surfing videos online to see how many fans were breaking TVs, how many fans were throwing their shirts off, and burning them, 
how many fans were over here being mean to their significant others and their children just because their little team lost. I know this is going to happen. Didn't shock me. Everybody loved Kyle Shanahan, not me. Shouts to Brock Purdy. He played well, but we all know when the pressure got tight. Couldn't make that pass. Mm. I know 49ers fans believe they had the game in the bag. And to have that shit snatched away, do you understand it was like listening to birds singing? The pain of 49ers fans makes me happy. Makes the sun shine bright. Because they're always going to think that they're the best. And guess what? They were the best this year by a wide margin. And to think that you were the best and you lost. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. But I'm sure they swallowed the whole shaft. Hey. Hey, yo, what the fuck? I love it. I love it. So bring your tears, 49ers fans. Bring your young. And I'll tell them that they can be able to enter the fan transfer portal and get out of there early. All right? Don't raise your children to be Niners fans. Raise them to be good people. Not Niners fans. That are scum. That have this hubris and there's no reason to have it because no one cares about the first loser no one no one and you guys are always the bridesmaid never the bride and you guys have the ugly bridesmaid outfits too the ones that don't even look good look cheap you know what i'm saying that's what you look like embarrassing he had 49 fans. Oh, well, at least we got to the Super Bowl. So that's a flex now. At least we got there. You get a joint and you got in the basement, you about to close, and all of a sudden you don't. And then your man laughs at you because you couldn't close. And then your flex is, well, yo, at least I got there. Where were you? That's not a flex, bro. The fact that you can't close, I can make fun of you. The fact that collar got a little tight when it mattered most, oh, I can make fun of you. I can relish in your pain. I can do backflips in the rain and do backflips in your tears. Backstrokes. So the next time that you guys think that you have the best team and you want to troll Dallas Cowboys fans. You want to troll the fan base. You want to troll certain things. You want to keep, you want to make us live rent-free in your heads. Just remember, just remember that you guys haven't done a damn thing since 1994. I don't care if you got the 15 Super Bowls. You think anybody gives a shit about the Buffalo Bills right now? And we're not talking about the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills. We're talking about those Jim Kelly 
well-run Buffalo Bills. It took almost 30 years for somebody to think that, man, this team was pretty good, man. We got to give them their flowers because that's a new age thing. When it was happening, they were losers. And they all knew it. Nobody celebrated them getting to the Super Bowl. Nobody said to them, oh, well, it's a success. At least you got here. It's a loser talk. And in this world, there's only two types of people. Winners and losers. And you guys are the biggest losers today. Because not only did your team lose the big game. But it was the hubris of the fans that didn't believe that they would lose the big game because they had Kyle Shanahan, they had Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa, whatever the hell his name is, Greenlaw before he tore his Achilles. So many great players. Couldn't lose, right? Lost. So y'all are losers today. You're going to be losers in the offseason, and you'll be losers when the season starts. But you're winners. We're dummy of the week. That's all for the show. Um, this was fun. Let out a lot of frustration today. You know. I do have a PSA, though, before I close out. Sometimes in life, you have to be able to take things in stride, right? Whether it's getting a new job, getting a raise, getting married, having children, take things in stride, right? You look at the bigger picture. You kind of put things in perspective of what's important to you. As a content creator, Making good content is super important to do, right? The younger generation is about going viral. Making making sure that there's a uh, there's a a bag there because you went viral. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there isn't, and you have to be able to. Hedge your bets and put some things in place because a lot of people aren't successful at this thing, man. A lot of people have podcasts that don't go anywhere. Some of them are really, really good. Some of them are really fucking bad. But the mindset needs to change. Instead of focusing on views and how many views and how many people are looking at your stuff? How about focus on making good content and creating something that has purpose, not what's hot at the moment? Not because you have a failed show, you're going to switch and do a relationship show now because relationship shows are in. All you're doing is chasing the dragon. That's not successful. That's not a recipe for success. 
So I'm telling y'all, as a content creator, stay within your your parameters, your worth. Know know what you want to do and keep pushing at that and you'll crack through eventually. May not may not be the next 6 months, may not be the next year, may not be the next 4 or 5 years, but if you stick with it and be consistent, you will crack through. Don't be like these other people out here chasing views, buying bots just to be able to put on a flex and show people, "Hey, I look I'm popular." Means nothing. Even people have gone viral and had and don't have two pennies to rub together. Views are not always what they seem. Go speak to a whole bunch of content creators who are on YouTube for a while and ask them. Go look at some established YouTube channels that tell you that they're not making anything. Or if they are making anything, it's pennies. Start doing research in regards to the things around you. Just because something is popular doesn't necessarily mean it's for you. That's all for this show. Um, Valentine's Day was Wednesday. Um you know, hug your loved ones. Don't just do that for the day. Um, every day should be like that. You should always want to give gifts and spend time with your significant others or the people that you love. Do that. Do that. But the one thing that I will tell you as well before I go is make sure that if they have the OnlyFans, that they're not working with children, one. And they make sure that they give you a free subscription or at least half off. You should not be paying full price for that. That's just not the way it goes. All right? So until next week, stay safe, stay cool. Peace.